Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, many years ago when I was ministering in Brazil, a, a Christian family in one of the congregations was settling down for the night when they heard people moving around on the roof of their house. It was a flat roof. Thieves were trying to break in, and especially in the poorer neighborhoods in some parts of Brazil, it can be fairly easy to break in through the roof. Now, the family spent the night in a state of alarm. Where they were, there was no 911 that you can call. There's something similar, but it doesn't work. People don't come. But by God's grace, the thieves finally did not get into the house, but nevertheless, it was a very unpleasant experience. Now, children, how would you feel if in the middle of the night you heard stomping around upstairs on the roof or in the attic on the ceiling above you? It's not that easy to break into a house in Canada through the roof. But what if you heard that noise, and what if you heard somebody moving around in the attic? Well, it really depends on who it is, right? If it's an intruder, or if you don't have any idea of who it might be, you might be a little scared, and, and, and you might call for your parents. But what if your mom comes and she says, Dad has gone into the attic, and he's moving some things around? Well, that would change everything, wouldn't it? I mean, you still don't know exactly what's going on. You don't know why dad is up in the attic at two in the morning. You don't know what all those noises mean. You don't know what he is exactly doing, but you know who it is. It's dad, and so you're not afraid anymore. Beloved, in our lives, we can face things. We can experience situations which we find alarming. Things are happening that we don't understand. And we can become afraid, and we can even panic. In Lord's Days 9 and 10, the church confesses an important scriptural truth, which brings us profound comfort and relief. Our Father is in charge. Our Father is sovereign. Our Father has made all things. Our Father upholds all things, governs all things, and directs all things. Even the things that seem scary or that are painful or that we just don't understand. Beloved, as crisis and catastrophe and contro uh, controversy swirl around us, it is in the church, the temple of God, that we can simply respond by crying glory. Though the earth gives way and the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, the church can be a rock of stability and peace. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Brothers and sisters, in our communion, there are various strong and sometimes conflicting understandings of significant questions about public health and government policy. And this can cause division in the body, it can separate friends and even divide families and marriages. How are we to deal with this? We can trust so completely in our understanding that we have no doubt that if only everyone thought like us and acted like us, the church would remain united. But we know that that is not the answer. God calls us to lift our eyes above the fray 
and to see him enthroned above the universe. This is our confession. In him, I trust so completely as to have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul and will also turn to my good whatever adversity he sends upon me in this life of sorrow. The adversity he sends, he's in control of it. The hope and the expectation of the church is not that everyone would embrace my opinion or share my understanding of current issues and polemical questions. The hope and expectation of the church is in God, the Father Almighty. And no matter how divided we are in certain questions, we will find each other in him. Because this is our common confession. God is our Father for Christ's sake. That's the faith we confess. That's the faith that unites us to Christ. That's the faith that unites us with one another in Christ. Now, the Catechism makes this very personal. The eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is for the sake of Christ his Son, my God and my Father. What did the Scriptures say? To all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the right all believers have. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can say, my God, my Father, Jesus, my brother. And brothers, it's especially, sisters and brothers, it's especially in times of adversity that we need to cling to this article of faith, that God is sovereign, that God is our almighty Father. If he is our father, then he loves us as he loves the son. And he will not let anyone touch the apple of his eye. He will provide for us. He will protect us. And that means that we can come to him with our needs and our anxieties, our petitions, our concerns, and he will hear. That's what our Lord Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 7. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? It's not much use to have a Father who really wants to help us, but is just too weak and incapacitated to do so. And so it is a great comfort that our loving God, our loving Father who desires to take care of us, is at the same time, almighty God. Nothing happens by chance. Everything happens by his decree. All of history, all of the universe, all of your life and experiences, all the nations of the world are under his sovereign control. Even the decisions of the great and powerful world leaders are under his sovereignty. The king's heart is a stream of water In the hand of the Lord, he turns it wherever he will. 
Now, what does our confession of God the Father Almighty mean for the times in which we are currently living? It means that we know for certain that sickness and health, the imposing or the lifting of public health restrictions, the rise and fall of the economy, the rise and fall of governments are not things that happen by chance, but they come to us by God's fatherly hand. Do you accept that, believer? Do we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? Do we recognize that the chaos and the upheaval in our world are decreed by God? Do we discern the birth pangs of a new age as God visits his judgments upon this corrupt and fallen world? Do we see him sending adversity as judgment upon the wicked to give them a foretaste of the eternal judgment which awaits them? Do we see him sending adversity as blessing upon the church to purify us, to discipline us, to wean us away from the frivolities of mindless worldly amusement? What does our faith in God the Father Almighty call us to do? Well, the Apostle Peter tells us, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. You hear that? The Bible says God the Father cares for you. The almighty God, the everlasting Father, he cares for you, child of God. So cast your anxieties upon him, your fears, your frustrations, your anger, your bitterness, your irritation, everything which agitates against the peace of Christ in your heart, just give it up. Give it up to him. Hand it over, and he will take it. He will take it from you, and he will relieve you and me of that crushing burden, and he will give us something to take its place. He will fill our heart with the peace of God, which passes all understanding, and that peace will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Beloved, in a world roiled with conflict and oppressed by fear, the church has a glorious opportunity to be a haven of peace and tranquility. O oh Lord, may it be that unbelievers around us see our patience in adversity, our thankfulness in prosperity, and our calm and firm confidence in the future, that they might be moved to seek the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would come to know and confess you as God the Father Almighty, that they could be brought by the power of your Spirit to say to you, my God and my Father. The year 1617, Martin Rinkert became pastor of the church in his hometown of Elenburg in what is now Germany. And the next year, 1618, the Thirty Years' War began. 
That was a nasty war. A lot of killing, a lot of misery in Europe during those years. And during his ministry, Pastor Martin and his congregation dealt with a lot of affliction, a lot of suffering. They dealt with hunger and poverty and thousands of refugees flooding the city and occupation at various times by foreign troops and the confiscation of their food and belongings. And after many years of this, in 1637, there was a plague in the city. And of the four pastors in the city, one fled, two died, and Pastor Martin remained. And more than 8,000 people died in that little city. And he led the funeral of about 4,500 of them. Sometimes he would do 40 or 50 funerals a day. Can you imagine the grief? And then his wife died. And two days later, Pastor Martin presided at her funeral. And it was around this time that Martin wrote the words of a hymn which we have in our book of praise. Now, what kind of a hymn would you expect from a man who has experienced personal suffering and has spent decades ministering to God's people in great affliction? Well, this is what he wrote. Now, thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom this world, his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Beloved, our brother Martin knew the truth which we confess again today. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. He knew that God is sovereign and that God is good. And he knew this to be true even when he did not understand what was happening. He trusted so completely as to have no doubt that God would provide him with all things necessary for body and soul and would also turn to his good whatever adversity sent upon him in this life of sorrow. And because he knew this truth, he was able to be patient in adversity. He was able to be thankful in prosperity. And for him, prosperity was even the smallest blessing in the midst of all this chaos. And he was able to be confident about the future. Like Job, he fell down and worshipped. So let us do the same. Let us lift up our voices and sing the words penned by our brother who is now with Christ in heaven. And let our faith unite us to Christ and to one another. And let it drive us to worship. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills of this world in the next. Amen.